Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we help you break down the art and science of storytelling. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and my job is to help you deepen your connections, increase your sales, and serve your audiences better. Every Monday morning, I send out a storytelling tip to my email subscribers, and I talk about how I have used it in my own storytelling for my clients and for myself, and I leave you with tangible advice on how you can apply it to your strategies. If this sounds like something that would interest you, go ahead and sign up for the newsletter at rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. Again, that's rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. This podcast is a Six Second Stories production. Six Second Stories is a video marketing agency that helps you tell heartfelt stories to maximize your impact in minimal time. Find out more about what we do at sixsecondstories.com. What's up, Storyteller, and welcome back to the Storytelling Lab. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and today is episode 89. Let's get into it. So we have been talking a lot lately about how to use story to build your life, to build your brand, to build your business, to get a job last week with Carrie Twig. And that's all great. And you know by now that I'm launching the course to help you uncover the story to launch your personal brand. And these are all great big ideas. And you probably know now that your story can help you get to that next level that you're trying to get to and build an audience, and build a community, and build clients, and customers, and grow, and scale, and all that good stuff. But what we're going to talk about today is how you find the audience. Where do you, Where is this magical target audience that you're trying to establish and trying to find? What are the platforms that you should be spending your time telling your stories on? Because let me go ahead and tell you, flash forward, pro tip, uh, hint, hint, It's not going to be every platform. It's not going to be the same platform for everybody. 
Okay, two things. I'm going to say those again. It's not going to be every platform. A lot of the times we find ourselves trying to be everywhere at once and trying to be on all the new platforms just because they're new platforms and, and they're trendy and we have a little bit of FOMO going on. And then also, not every platform is for everybody. You have to determine what the ideal platform for you is. And you do that by determining and establishing what platforms your audience spends their time on. That is the first thing first and foremost. Where is your audience? I'm going to give you an example. One of my longtime clients is the Carcinoid Cancer Foundation. I've been working with them for about 10 years. Uh, doing various things, video production. I host a live show for them. I do social media content for them. They've been a great client. They're a rare cancer foundation, a nonprofit that, that tries to help spread awareness and educate people on this rare type of cancer. Uh, so their biggest by far platform is Facebook. Now, even though Facebook is kind of dying and it's kind of for older people. You always hear the jokes about your grandma being on Facebook. You know it's time to get off when your grandma's there. And you have the new kids on the block like uh, TikTok, like Clubhouse, like all these other apps that are popping up every day where you having the younger demographics be there. Well, Facebook, that and privacy issues, and because it's kind of the, the old kid on the block now, you have this kind of migration away from it. However, for Carcinoid Cancer Foundation, they've got over 20,000 followers there, which comparatively they got 2,000 on YouTube and 1,000 on Instagram. Granted, they started those channels later, so that that, you know, makes a lot of sense and obviously that plays a big role in what platforms you have established the biggest followings on which one you've you've been you know uh creating content for the longest but my point here is they would be totally unwise to not capitalize that so when they launched when the pandemic hit and they launched a live a virtual live video show that i am hosting called lunching with the experts yeah we thought about doing it on instagram we thought about doing it on linkedin we thought about doing it on youtube but why why would they neglect an audience that is 10 times bigger than any other platform they have? And hey, it's similar in my in my brand. Um, personally, on my personal Facebook page, I have thousands of followers. On my public page, which I didn't start until late, and one would argue that it was almost too late to, to start a public page unless you already had a big name because Facebook started, started you know, demoting organic page content and making you have to pay for it if you wanted to get reach if you wanted to get engagement but my personal one has thousands of followers and so i find ways to put my content on my personal page without bombarding them with it and making it seem salesy i still populate and create content for my my public profile or public page rather but on my personal profile that's where I started posting my weekly column that I write for chapelborough.com. That's where I started posting a, a lot of the, the content that is kind of top of funnel and keeps you know keeps my name on, on people's minds and keeps people aware of, of what I'm doing. That's where I have a lot of my supportive community. If I'm crowdfunding for a film, I go to Facebook first because I have people follow me there and they're very supportive. My Instagram is, is a decent size, and so I spend a lot of time uh, there as well. And then lately, I've been spending the most of my time uh, in the past year on TikTok. Now, I want to pause for another minute there. So the first thing that we've established is go where your audience is. 
So for Carson Cancer Foundation, that's clearly Facebook. For you, it may be somewhere else. It may be Instagram. It may be TikTok. It may be YouTube. There are different ways. Here's, I'll make this point really quickly. All of these platforms operate differently and they require different things to be successful on them. And a lot of times they have different audiences. So the first thing is go where your audience is. If your audience is on Instagram, double down on that. If you don't have a lot of engagement on LinkedIn, then you can put that on pause or eliminate it or come back to it later. I want you to focus on a small group of platforms and go deep into those platforms. Okay, so go where your audience is. That's rule number one. Number two, just like I was saying that I utilize my personal Facebook profile for some of my business because I have a lot of my followers there, it still doesn't mean I should put everything that I put on my YouTube or Instagram or LinkedIn or TikTok on that. So rule number two is to have a theme for your profile. Like I just said earlier, there's going to be different reasons that different people are on those platforms. If I'm on Instagram, I'm there for a purpose. If I'm on YouTube, I'm there for a purpose. If I'm on TikTok, I'm there for a purpose. So I don't want to mix too much of this and so look at it like this each platform that you're on should have a theme so that the people that follow you should know what to expect there so on my my facebook profile it's family stuff a little bit of funny stuff maybe 10 to 15 percent 50 percent family stuff and 50 percent just kind of motivational and the good things that i'm trying to do in the world and just helping people like that it's not selling stuff it's promoting some of the films that i'm working on but it's not a lot of heavy storytelling content now, on the other side, on the other hand, rather, if you look at my TikTok profile, it's almost all storytelling tips and storytelling content, 90 to 95%, a little bit of my personal life uh, just to be authentic. And really, some videos that try to entertain because that's a big entertainment platform, but education about stories and helping people understand how to tell their stories and make deeper connections through them is the primary function of that. Now, my Instagram is kind of in the middle. It has, I would say, 30 to 50% personal life stuff, but always with an inspirational or motivational tip or something I'm trying to convey, or something that I've learned. It's always about progress. So even if I'm posting about my daughter, it's about spending quality time with her. Or when I'm talking about building her play set outside, it's about doing things that are outside of your comfort zone, you know, you know, for the greater good or something like that. And then I have uh, repurposed tweets there that I spend a little more time diving deeper into and elaborating on. Still very motivational, still uh, pretty heavy in the storytelling uh, storytelling space. I would probably say another 30 to 40% of that is, is maybe maybe closer to, to, to 30% of that is storytelling. And 30 to 50 is family. And the remainder is kind of motivational, trying to help people achieve what they want to achieve, take action, unlock certain things that they're trying to unlock about their journeys. My Twitter is very heavy in the storytelling tips. Uh, usually they're obviously it's Twitter. So they're like single, you know, single little bites of information. So it's probably 70% storytelling and 30% motivational. Uh, if there's probably less than 5% that's about personal life in there. Um, 
Twitter is where I will promote the podcast and uh, my weekly storytelling tips and mostly just putting in the message I want people to receive embedded in the tweet instead of sending them links uh, and trying to take them somewhere else. And that leads me to rule number three. Keep people on that platform. For the longest time, I'd see people posting YouTube videos onto Facebook, uh, you know, posting links to their blog on, onto Twitter, posting, you know, videos for, from something else onto LinkedIn. And I will tell you that no platform wants you to leave their platform to go to, especially to a competing platform. So they will demote your content. The algorithm won't pick it up. Now, if you have a huge following on Facebook and you put a YouTube video on there, sure, people will go there. But most of us are trying to build right now. So this is a lesson I had to learn the hard way. Instead of sending people a link to something in my in Twitter, because nobody's going to be motivated to do that, I just put the, the content, the message in that tweet. And yeah, you have to learn how to condense it to less than 280 characters or whatever they allow you. Or you can do a tweet thread. Or you take your blog or your video that you created and break it into 10 or 50 tweets or how many it breaks into, and then you just have that content to populate permanently. Or not permanently, but on a long-term basis. So this is also what you want to think about. Rule number three for your platforms is keep them on the platform. If you're doing a YouTube video, keep them on YouTube. If you're using video on TikTok, keep them on there. Don't send them away from that platform. Okay, now let's break down a little bit of the opportunity and what people are looking for on certain platforms, okay? I talked briefly about, a moment ago, I talked briefly about repurposing a blog or something like that or a video for for tweets and breaking that into 10 or 50 tweets. Well, that kind of, not pyramid scheme, that sounds terrible, but it's in the shape of a pyramid. That kind of approach or strategy is really effective to have one big pillar piece of content and then use it to break it down into several pieces of content. And that is how you can kind of be in more than two or three platforms at the same time if you understand how those platforms work and what kind of content works effectively there and then how to repurpose it. So let's say that pillar piece of content is a YouTube video, a 10 to 20 minute, a 10 minute YouTube video. Well, then you can break that down into short shorter videos that go to Instagram, Instagram Reels, IGTV, TikTok, uh, even Facebook. Um, Twitter does have video, but in my sometimes it works and sometimes uh, it doesn't for me. So I haven't found the right recipe for that. But then you can take the, uh, you can transcribe those videos. And if it's a long video, the YouTube video, you can make a whole blog out of it. If it's the shorter videos that you've cut out for TikTok and, and Instagram reels and things like that, then you can use those for tweets. You can just uh, download the audio and use that for podcasts. You, you can, If you have several YouTube videos, you can use that to create an audio book. So there's a lot of different ways that you can create content one time and then repurpose it so that you generate many, many pieces of content. That's something that I always want you to be thinking about. And a couple platforms to do that are YouTube is a big one because you create one big video and you can break it down into video, into text, into audio. Um, obviously, if you're writing a blog, that's a similar similar thing that you can do. You can extract little tweets from that. You can record a video based off of a blog that you know people reacted to and responded to and engaged with uh, very well. You can take. 13 to 15 of your best blogs that people engage with and responded to and create a book out of that. You can also reverse 
uh, repurpose. Instead of breaking it down from one big pillar piece of content to a bunch of smaller ones, you can take smaller ones and add those up too. So the point is to think creatively about how you can create once and then populate twice or thrice or a million times if you can. Okay, so from my own experience, TikTok has been amazing lately. That's been an opportunity for a short form video that has done really well for me. Even though I don't have a huge amount of followers, I'm not quite at 10K yet. It has been converting more than anything else. And this is another thing I want you to know. Each of your platforms should tie to the other platforms. You should lead people from one place to another. So why TikTok has been doing so well for me is because people see that's the top of the funnel content. People see me and see what I'm doing on social media. They click my link in the bio. It takes them to my website. They see that they can download or uh, subscribe rather to my email list. And then every week I'm hitting them with a storytelling tip. And then eventually those people will convert. They will buy something, my workbook. They will hire me for coaching. They will sign up for my course. So similarly, you want to have these things leading to the other things. So if you like this type of content, subscribe to my YouTube for more in-depth analysis. You see what I'm saying? You want them to all be woven together because they're they're all extensions of your personal brand. They all just need to have a little tweak to the voice, you still want them to be on brand and be aligned with who you are and what your brand does, but the, each of them have their own theme, but they're still interconnected. Look at it like a spider web. So TikTok has been doing amazing for me. If you're not on that, I highly, highly suggest that you that you do, that you spend some time on there, especially if you're a video creator and you're comfortable on camera. Another video opportunity for you is always going to be YouTube. YouTube is, I think, still the second biggest search engine. And so that is huge because people are looking up things. Think about why you go to YouTube, how to change the, your brakes on your Forerunner, you know, how to, uh, how to buy this type of cryptocurrency, what exchange it's on. Whatever it is, you go to YouTube to look for it. So whatever your content is and what your, whatever your brand does for people, you want to answer those questions and put it in a YouTube video. That is such a great place because you own that content. Those people come to you and you can send them from your YouTube uh, to your website and, and, and show them in your YouTube video. You're showing them that you know what you're talking about in an in-depth way. It's not just a quick, like, entertaining TikTok video. That's going to get you really, really loyal fans. So YouTube is still a great platform now. I'll be honest. I've put my YouTube on pause for the moment because I've been spending my time on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and TikTok has been taking my time. However, with the course coming out, I'll be spending a lot more time on YouTube because now I'm understanding the size, the length videos, the size of content that I need to be creating and what is really working there. That's still a massive opportunity. Instagram uh, is still a place where people are looking for high res pictures and uh, I find inspiration. However, one of the things that I used to do that just didn't function, you still see people do it is like infographics. Now, if your whole theme is infographics, then I think you can pull it off. But I will say they're a reminder that people relate to people. So they're going to want to see you. However, TikTok is definitely pushing Instagram out a little bit because Instagram has always been known to be this thing where we uplift this influencer type, right? That's they, Instagram created the filters and trying to make us look good. And it created a lot of uh, insecurity in people, I find. 
TikTok, on the other hand, embraces the authenticity. So if you show up with, you know, pimples on your nose, if you show up with your hair a mess, if you show up as your true self, nobody really cares. On Instagram, it's kind of been glossed over. And so I think they're struggling to find their way right now. However, Instagram, yes, they're trying to copycat uh, TikTok with Reels, their version of, uh, of a TikTok. But there's still a lot of opportunity for video there because they still have IGTV, which is long form. They still have Reels, which is short, super short form, 15 to 30 second videos. You can still post videos on your, on your post and they have stories. I find stories do really well for me if I string out stories uh, in a string of stories, <laughs> that's that's getting too meta now. But if I have a sequence of Instagram stories, people will follow along. And if you end that with a call to action, I find that it it, uh, it performs very well, especially if you're speaking to them and giving them the content that they're looking for. So those are the top video platforms I think that you should be spending your time on. Let's switch to audio. Audio, there's a lot of new opportunities to tell your stories there. One, podcasts. Podcasts uh, are no longer the new kid on the block. They've been around for well over 10 years, but there's still a massive amount of opportunity. I don't think just because, unless you have a big name, I don't think you're going to create a podcast that's going to be super successful just talking about things, talking about life, hosting interesting people on there, right? Like a Tim Ferriss or somebody like that that can just talk about really anything at this point because he's got such a following. My advice to you would be to stay within your niche and talk about that. Mine is called the Storytelling Lab. It's all about storytelling. It has storytelling experts on there. I might talk about my kid or my family a little bit, but it's all about that. I don't veer off too much into finances, even though we might talk about how you can use your story to, you know, to increase your financial wealth, but it's not about finances. It's not about movies necessarily. It's not about fitness or anything like that. It's about stories. So that would be my biggest uh, suggestion to you for that. Audiobooks, I mentioned a little earlier, I think there's a massive opportunity there. If you're creating an ebook, a lot of people like to listen to their books on audio. And if you have the capabilities to record a decent audio, uh, so that probably means getting into a studio, I think that you could do something great with that. Now, the new kid on the block in the audio space is Clubhouse and the copycats that have emerged like Twitter Spaces. Clubhouse is a place, it's almost like a virtual audio conference. There's different rooms uh, based off of different topics, which are based off of who you follow on there. And you can hop in and you can listen to a panel of people speaking or those people can call people on stage to, to talk and share their stories or ask their questions. Uh, or it can just be a one-way thing where you're just giving people advice or you're listening to them pitch their story. I've done that before. So Clubhouse is another great place to share your story and make connections. And ultimately, that's what this is all about. So there's audio. Now let's talk about text. Text is such a great place still to share your story. And we talked just a second ago, 30 seconds ago, about using all these platforms to establish community. Twitter is still such a great place to do that. Now, a lot of people have neglected that unless they're in certain spaces. I'm a part of marketing Twitter, and so uh, there's a huge community there. But I still find that it's such a great place to establish community. And you're not really posting video. You're not really posting links that these things don't function well, you're having conversations, you're contributing things to people and they're contributing things back. And so it is an excellent place to establish that community. And I would say it's an excellent, excellent place to practice your writing. If you can write something poignant, something powerful, something 
something that conveys a, a concept that helps somebody in a short amount of words, in a few amount of words, in 140 characters or 280 characters or less, then you're really going to work that muscle and being able to do it more long term. So this is such a great place to try out content. If I write a tweet and it goes off and it hits, I can expand on that. I can take that tweet and put it on my Instagram and then expand on that. I can write about it in my column. I can write about it in a blog. I can make a video about it if it goes off. It's such a great place to practice your content and build a community. Still massive, massive opportunity there. Also text email newsletters, the copy on your website, the captions on your social media. This is a place you should always be telling your stories. When you, when I'm writing my weekly storytelling tips, which if you don't uh, already subscribe to that, go to rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. Every Monday I send out a tip, uh, talk about how it's worked for me and how you can use it and apply it to your own strategies. So in that, I share my personal story in it. That's what hooks people in it. Now, I'm leaving them with the takeaway of that storytelling tip, but I hook them in there by telling them the story of how that tip affected me and my strategy. Same thing with you. When you're, when you're emailing people, you want to continue to share your story and your stories over and over and over again. Your copy on your website, undoubtedly, your story should be woven through all of that, all of that. Obviously in the About Us section, but even in in the smaller sections, you need to be using that story formula, problem, journey, and resolution to convey your messages and your content to your audience and your community. So there's a quick overview of different platforms that are available. Obviously, there's so many more. They're changing every day. So go back to the original three rules. And remember that what you're trying to do with these with these platforms is use them to establish connections and build a community and then get those people into your client base, your customer base. So start with connections on the big circle, then go down the funnel into the warm leads, which would be your community, and then go further down that funnel to the hot leads, which would be your core, which are your clients. That's how you want to want to picture this when you're going into creating your content and sharing your story on different platforms. But back to the, the to the three rules. One, go where your audience is. Go where they already are. Social media is about being social. Go where that community is. Listen to them. Listen to their problems. Engage with them. Communicate with them. Converse with them. Learn from them. And then see what you can offer them. Two, each one of your platforms should have its own theme. Okay, that is what you're trying to do. People are going there for different reasons. They want different things. Establish a theme, stick to it so that each one of your platforms has its own mini brand identity. And then three, find a way that these can all work together and repurpose your content to different platforms, okay? You're trying to make this easier for yourself and you're creating content. You don't want to start from scratch each piece of content. Use these platforms to benefit each other and tie them together like that lovely little spider web that is your personal brand. And you, my friend, my storyteller, are the spider right in the middle so make sure that each of those platforms are connected and tied together like that spider web, that beautifully woven spider web that you have created. And you, my friend, my storyteller, are the Charlotte, are the spider sitting at the middle of all of that, weaving that beautiful, beautiful web. So these are just a few of the platforms that you can use, but I want you to think about why you are using them and how you can use them effectively, but ultimately 
get out there and share your stories. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. If you're already a subscriber and you're enjoying the show, give us a review and let us know the value that you've gotten from it. We love to hear from our listeners and learn about the benefits that they're getting from the show. That's what fuels us and that's what fuels the show. And if you've already subscribed and you've already reviewed it and you think there's someone else that would benefit from listening to this show, please, please share it with them. The more we grow, the more we can help you grow. And that's what we're here to do. Join us next time on the Storytelling Lab. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.